Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. And we are back from the bench, Carver High and Mafia, in for Scotty on a Tuesday night right here on Sports Grid Radio. Good to have you with us on Sirius XM at Channel 159. Good to be aboard. Uh, I have not looked at the hockey yet, uh, Mafia, tonight. Uh, and this hour, we are going to get into the college football playoff rankings that came out tonight. Uh, a couple changes, but they were expected changes. And some comments from the chair, Gary Barta, which uh, bothered me to no end because they involved my fighting Irish. So we'll talk about that later on this hour. There was a lot of hockey tonight, Mafia. And I'm watching the Kings and the Ducks right now, the freeway battle out in L.A., which is scoreless with just under six minutes left to go. Uh, Earlier tonight, the Wild beat the Coyotes, so that minus 385, that comes in for you with Minnesota. Predators whacked the Blue Jackets 6-0. Blues come from behind. Beat the Lightning 4-3 in a shootout in St. Louis. The Sharks whacked the uh, Devils tonight in Newark 5-2. Panthers Mafia, who are 15-4-3. How about this from the Panthers tonight? Down 4-1 going into the third period. They score four goals in the third to stun the Capitals 5-4. Uh, what a great early story the Florida Panthers have been in the NHL. Yeah, especially when this is a team that could have easily gotten derailed when, you know, Quinville was let go because of, or, you know, quote-unquote resigned because of, you know, everything that went on with the Blackhawks years ago. You know, they were in the midst of being one of the best teams in the NHL. You know, you have something like that hit you. It could turn you and, you know, send you for a spin there, and it didn't. These teams just rallied. They just picked right where they let off. You know, there's a couple of games where they slumped for a little bit, but that's going to happen to any team, whether you have all your pieces or not, because it's just an 82-game season. Things are going to happen. You can't play you know, perfect for the whole season. There's going to be some slumps. And they had a little spurt there and then have gotten right back into being, you know, one of, if not the best team in the NHL and show it again tonight with the game where they're down, getting their butts kicked, and turn around in one period and get the win. We did see a uh, minus 200 or more home favorite lose tonight. The Bruins did lose to the Red Wings in Boston 2-1. to one. Um, So I've got to update that tomorrow. I've got that tracked somewhere. Uh, the records of the minus 200 or more favorites so far this year in the NHL. Uh, Stars lead the Hurricanes right now 4-1, getting close to the end. 
of the third period in Dallas, and I mentioned the freeway series, uh, Ducks and the Kings, going on at Staples Center, which, as we said last night with the Clippers Mafia, only Staples Center for another couple weeks. What is it, Christmas Day they become uh, crypto, whatever? I believe so. I think uh, the end of, yeah, probably right before those Christmas games, so we can have that shoved down our throat for 10,000 times on Christmas, where they just got to keep saying it to remind us all it's no longer Staples Center and make us all shed a tear. Now, who do the Lakers have uh, this year on Christmas? I just want to see really quick. Ooh, the Nets. Nets-Lakers, Christmas Day, which is an 8 o'clock Eastern uh, at night game. Usually they put the big game at 5.30. Well, the Warriors and the Suns are playing again on Christmas Day, Mafia. I didn't know that. So they're playing tonight, then they're playing on Christmas Day. That's pretty good. And that's worked out well for the NBA. You know, you never know, especially the team like the Warriors who are coming off couple, you know, bad seasons. They almost made the playoffs last year, but they have not been the championship caliber team we saw all those years. You know, if this was three, four years ago, Warriors, and this year's Suns or last year's Suns, you're like, all right, yeah, automatic. How could you not make that game? That was a little bit of a gamble for them to put that together, and it's paid off in, you know, in spades right now. We'll see how much that ends up working out even more so if these two teams can stay hot throughout the month. But, I mean, if you look at the schedule overall for Christmas Day, it's going to be some great matchups. You know, you have, even though the records aren't awesome for some of these teams, you know, the Hawks, Knicks, you have the, the heated rivalry that they're, you know, possibly creating after the playoff round last year where Trey Young became a villain in New York. You know, Bucks, Celtics, you know, Celtics are always going to be involved. They're a historic franchise. The Bucks are, you know, defending champs, so you're going to have them. Not a great Celtics team, so that might be a snoozer there in the middle. Warriors, Suns, as you mentioned, at five. Lakers, Nets. You know, the Lakers are struggling, but still the star power is going to be there. And then Mavs Jazz to close it out. I mean, those are, you know, a bunch of good games here. What, five good games on Christmas Day? Oh, it certainly is. And actually, the Suns and the Warriors play again on Friday night. So they, they play back-to-back here. They got a Friday night game as well in Golden State. Uh, we welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Pharrell on the bench. Tuesday night, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty right here. On Sports Grid Radio, we'll get to the college football playoff ranking later on. They have hit uh, the half, I believe, uh, just about, yes, half, 56-54. Suns lead the Warriors now, minus one and a half for Phoenix. They'll play again on Friday night, then they'll play again on Christmas Day. So a lot of Warriors and Suns coming up uh, in the next few weeks. So we'll come back and get into the college football playoff rankings and the great chair, Gary Barta. Next, Pharrell on the Bench, Carver High, Mafia, here with you, Sports Grid Radio. We keep rolling right after this. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. And we are back. Pharrell on the bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty right here on Sports Grid Radio. We mentioned that they reached the half between the Warriors and the Suns, but there is other news, Mafia, in this game. It's 56-54. Suns have a two-point lead, but they're going to have some injury concerns in the second half. Is they going to be missing one of their big guns? What do we got? Yeah, apparently Booker is going to be out the rest of the game. He will not play again. He has a hamstring soreness, so I guess a little precautionary. They're going to keep him out and not rush him back in there and you know risk him pulling or straining or ripping something. So he will be out the rest of this uh, highly publicized, televised, and uh, so far popularized matchup. Yeah, and you know what? You, uh, you said it right there. It's it's popularized. It's, it's a huge matchup, hyped up, whatever. But the one thing we do have to remember is um, – it's November 30th. Right. You know, like, it's it's like, yeah, it's Warriors-Suns. They've been the two best teams this year. Suns have a 16-game winning streak. The Warriors are 18-2, whatever it is. Like, it's awesome, but it's not the Western Conference Finals. Like, there's absolutely no reason to push guys at this part of the season. So, even the slightest thing like that for Booker, I don't care who they're playing tonight. I think they're doing the right thing. Get them out of the game and be done with it. Yeah, there's no point risking him being down for a month or two months or whatever, you know, possibly ripping something and being out the rest of the season for a game that is just worth one win. You know, it's not a play. You said not a playoff game. Not worth it. Not worth it at all. Uh, Elsewhere, NBA, uh, quickly, I will tell you that the Lakers now down 59 50 at halftime in Sacramento, minus seven and a half for the Kings and the Blazers at the half 54-45 they lead the Pistons right now uh that one going to the half as well uh Duke now 57-50 mafia almost to halfway through the second half Ohio State's closing the gap a little bit here live line seven and a half down seven Ohio State making a little run at home here maybe we're gonna get a nice close tight ball game here down the stretch in the ACC Big Ten Challenge I think we will. You know, as I talked about before, I think Ohio State's, you know, a veteran, smart team that's just figuring out exactly how to gel and, and play with each other because they've had some injuries and guys, you know, getting in slowly with transfer and figuring out minutes and those kind of things early in this season. But, you know, they have a lot of guys on that team who have been around the block, whether it be with Ohio State or with other teams in other conferences, and they know how to play. You know, they're not scared by Duke across someone's jersey. They know that, hey, listen, it's just another team, and it's another basketball game, and we can win. We're just as good at it. So that's the college basketball story right now. Uh, let's get into the college football playoff rankings. Mafia, the great committee with Gary Bard in the chair, put them out tonight. Really no surprises. This is how I thought it was going to go. Georgia stays at one. Michigan hops up to number two. Alabama now in the three-hole, which is where they were a week ago, and Cincinnati doesn't move either. They stay at number four. Oklahoma State hops up to number five, and Notre Dame stays at six. I'm going to forget about everybody else. Who cares? These are the six teams, Mafia, that still have 
whether it's a slither of hope or a big chance to win the national title. It's down to these six on who's going to be in the playoff. I mean, I'm not surprised at all at the top four. I'm not really surprised at the five and the six either, Moff. I think that Oklahoma State, off of the wins that they've had the past couple of weeks, probably does deserve to be ahead of Notre Dame at this point uh, with the way that they've played as we head into conference championship weekend. But what bothered me the most tonight, Mafia, is when Gary Barta, who's the chairperson of the great college football playoff committee, sat there afterwards and he does his little um, interview with Herbie and, and Reese and all the guys there on ESPN. They asked him about Notre Dame. And they asked him about Brian Kelly leaving town and heading to LSU. And Barta said, and I think he made a mistake saying this. I think he should have kept this under wraps. Because Notre Dame, you probably, even if one of these teams loses, you're going to have a case to put one of them in over Notre Dame either way. But he made it really bad by saying, well, yeah, that is something we're going to consider that Kelly left them. And that's going to be a factor when we, if we have to make a decision on Notre Dame and somebody else. And I think that that's wrong, Mafia. So the kids already get screwed. Because this guy uh, stabs him in the back and goes to LSU after he goes into the two-minute meeting this morning, the whole deal. And now, Barta tells you, yeah, well, you know what? If a couple teams do lose and there's a decision to be made, we're going to factor in that Kelly's not going to be the coach. That's just so unfair to the kids. It's unfair. Yeah, it's absolutely unfair, and I feel like it's unprofessional for him to say. I think it was a stupid thing for him to say and admit whether or not you believe it. You know, obviously they're going to be thinking that. I, you know, that's going to happen, but it should be one of those things like we've seen them say about you know the the you know Cincinnati's about these other teams where there's things you know, but they will not admit, and that's what he should have done here. I think that was completely unprofessional and stupid to admit because it's one thing if your quarterback just went down or you know your top running back. There, there's some kind of huge impact player for this team that went down you could say that factors in because you don't know if they're going to play the same way yes kelly not being there to possibly coach that game they might not play the same way they might not make all the same exact decisions but for the most part the system's in place the players are there they, you, the playbook's there you're not changing everything before a potential playoff game to go out and say that this is something that's in your mind and that could screw these kids over is just terrible and it's stupid and it shows where their priorities lie. And you know what it shows? You know, you and I were talking about this off there before Coast to Coast. It's just, I'm amazed that with all the money wrapped up in this playoff, that the NCAA doesn't have some kind of moratorium on teams signing new coaches and stealing coaches away before these teams are in possible playoff things. It's one thing when you have Oklahoma and they lose Lincoln Riley because they weren't making the playoff after that loss. It's in, you know it's one thing if you you know Louisiana loses their coach to Florida because they're not making a major bowl game you know whatever bowl game they're making it's not going to be a playoff game but then Notre Dame still has playoff aspirations and LSU hires their coach away you know it just completely puts them at risk as we now see as they now admit screws up the system and with all the money that's wrapped up in this I can't believe that they let this happen because. It's just ridiculous that you're pulling away coaches before these games. It's bad enough when it's some whatever bowl game. But when it's going to be a major New Year's Six at the very least, you got to sit back and say, hey, listen, how about you wait? Just like the NFL does. You know, you can talk to these coaches, but you can't hire them until they're out of the playoffs. Listen, there's no reason why. I mean, this guy, I get he was going to leave. He, They're all the same. They're all liars. He couldn't stick around until Sunday to, to see if they got in the playoff or not. Like and 
and I get it. At that point, his hands are tied. Let's say the chaos theory for Notre Dame does happen on Saturday, and Oklahoma State and Alabama and Cincinnati, you know, somehow all of them lose or two out of three of them lose, whatever the deal is, and they put him in, and Kelly's probably looks even worse. You know, if he's got to go and and basically leave him, and go like, because LSU's, you know, looking at him going, you know, take it or leave it. You know, they they don't really care about Notre Dame making the playoff or not. They want to start getting on the recruiting trail. That's all that matters to them. But this bothers me a lot um, that that guy said that tonight. That it factors in to it. Uh, it's just, it's just, it, it's the same as it always is with these guys. Total nonsense. College athletics. It never, ever ends, and you're seeing more greed of it than ever in the past few days. And, and yeah. Notre Dame's going to be no, no better than anybody else when they go and steal Fickle Mafia. They're going to be no better. I mean, no better when they go take Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Right, that's what they did with Brian Kelly in the first place. Saw him from Cincinnati, you know, right before a bowl game. He didn't coach the game, left his kids high and dry. So this is uh, par for the course. I mean, it's not just, and it's not just him. We can't be like, oh, well, this guy just does this all the time, and he's a terrible dude. Like. Every coach does this because that's the way the system works with this recruiting and stuff. They're, they got to put some kind of rules in place to make this doesn't happen because it's not fair to the kids. It certainly is not. Uh, so this weekend, everybody uh, at the top there is going to be playing in a game except Notre Dame. And, and that's something that's going to factor in. Uh, even join the ACC. That's right. Pharrell on the bench. Yeah, join the ACC. No, they're fine. Don't need a conference. Frown on the bench. We keep rolling on the grid right after this. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply, actual speeds vary, and not guaranteed. And we are back for On the Bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty here tonight on Sports Grid Radio. Good to have you with us. Uh, talk a little college football playoff rankings, conference championship games this week. A lot to be decided as we have our four going into the final weekend. Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, and Cincinnati. Will that be the four on Sunday? I say no. Because of how crazy this season has been, Mafia. I do not think that will be the four on Sunday when we find out who plays in the semis. Who do you think drops out then? 
I think that Georgia is going to beat Alabama. And I think that that's going to get Oklahoma State in. Um, I think that that's that's what it's going to be. I I don't think that the committee is going to want to put a two-loss team in like Alabama when there's uh, deserving one-loss teams like Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. I I don't think they want to set the precedent because they've never put a two-loss team in. I don't think they would do it. See, that's going to be my little devil's advocate question for you here because we've talked all year about Alabama after the loss to Texas A&M. You know, people saying, like, well, if they still have a close loss to Georgia in the title game, then you know they'll still let them in. And I was sitting there after this game this weekend where you almost beat, you almost lose to Auburn. You barely beat them in four overtimes against a team that's a 500 team with a backup quarterback in there. You should have lost the game if the kid doesn't make a bonehead play at the end. And to me, that you know should have knocked them, maybe not knocked them down and out, because yeah, Cincinnati had a big win, but again, it's you know a lesser opponent. Of course, they're going to give them negative points for that. But you know, to me, even if you lose to Georgia now tight, you're out. Not even necessarily just about the two losses, but you had a game here where you could have solidified that you are you know the second that you are worthy of it, even if you lose a tight game to Georgia. And you barely got by a mediocre team without their starting quarterback. To me, that you know was the final nail that no more chance if you lose to Georgia, you're still in for Alabama. So now you as the Notre Dame fan, if Alabama goes down to Georgia in the title game like we you know expect them to, and let's say Oklahoma State trips up against Baylor, because Baylor is a good team. You know, they're not gonna you're not gonna put Baylor in from nine all yeah, the way Baylor's in there. Very good. Does your Irish team make it in then? I mean, five hours ago, I thought they did. <laughs> Until I heard Gary Barta tonight say, "Now their chances went on the plane to Baton Rouge." Brian Kelly, <laughs> I, I, I think before I heard that guy talk tonight, I did think that. I mean, that scenario you just said, Alabama and Oklahoma State losing, I thought that's a hundred percent Notre Dame would be in the playoff if both of those things happened. I think that it would then be. Uh, Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame. I, I No doubt. But after listening to that guy tonight, I'm not so sure. It sounds like they're going to penalize uh, the students uh, on the team and the university for the coach, uh, you know, sticking the knife in their back. So that's going to be there. They're going to punish the school for that and the kids. More the kids. I don't care about the school because they're crooks too. The kids are more, <laughs> you know, it's just not fair to them. They're all crooks, Mafia. It doesn't matter. The ADs, the presidents, the coaches. They're all crooks. Uh, the kids, it sucks for them because they went 11-1 and this year on their own merit. And now some uh, goon in a suit who's the athletic director at Iowan is the commissioner of this chair. Uh, the, the, the chairperson is going to say, well, you know, they don't have their coach anymore. So all those wins that they had this year, they don't mean as much. I mean, come on. That's just such nonsense. It bothers the hell out of me, Mafia. I'm not going to lie. It bothers me. As it should, you know, like we said, like I was saying before, you can think that, but you should never speak that because that just proves the crookedness of the system. That's the way you're doing it. So then, if you know, if both those teams lose, does Alabama stay in there if they don't like Notre Dame without Kelly? Does Baylor somehow jump up as the two-loss team because they're a conference that champion? Will really drive people wild. That will drive people wild if they put the two-loss Alabama team in over the one-loss Notre Dame team in because they don't have Brian Kelly anymore. People will go nuts. I mean that it's it's just man, but I could see him doing it because they're like always they're crooks. I, right, I and Notre Dame hasn't had a good showing in the playoffs either. Right, but that shouldn't matter. 
It, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't, that, of course. It's about this this year's team, but I know it doesn't. I'm not naive. I understand how all this stuff factors in. But they even even when Notre Dame gets hammered in these games, the Mafia, they don't care because having them there is enough. Just having them in the game is enough for them. These games are blowouts every single year. I do this spiel every year when the college football playoff semis come around. All the games suck. Go look at them. Over the first seven, eight years of this thing, all of the semifinal games, aside from, I think I counted them out for Lisi the other day on college football full circle, there's like four or five games that are actually good. The rest of them are all blowouts. So they don't care that there's blowouts. They care that the brands are there and they're able to sell the tickets and get the eyeballs on the television. That's all that matters to them. That is all that matters to them. And we've said it year after year and they have acted like it's not. And that's, you know, what's even more surprising about the comments by Barter tonight is that, like you said, that's, you know, a bread and butter, like, you know, original six kind of, you know, college football dynasty. This is, you know, the, there's, Notre Dame fans all around the country, and not just from people who went to Notre Dame. There are people who never stepped foot on that campus, like yourself, that still love that team and you know bleed that green, just because of you know how big they are and how popular you know on NBC all these years, and still for them to come out and say, "Yeah, I don't know, we might not take them," it was mind blowing because you figured that would be one of the programs they do anything they can to get in. And let me tell you, Moff, and, and I'm not kidding around here. I'm not uh, – th- this situation with Barta saying this tonight, I'd be saying the same thing no matter who this was about. I know that it sounds a little bit more, uh, you know, I'm upset about it because Notre Dame is the team that could potentially be penalized by this. But if Oklahoma was in Notre Dame's shoes and Riley did this and Barta sat up there and said that, I'd say the same thing about the players for Oklahoma. It would be just, it would be unfair for them as well. Any team that would be in this situation where their coach stabs them in the back and leaves for the bag, which is not, this is not new stuff. This is college athletics for a billion years. But the kids shouldn't take the brunt of it for that. And I would say the same thing if it was any other school besides Notre Dame. I'd say the same thing. Right, and you know what, it you wouldn't even have that conversation if it was some of these other schools. You know, if it was Ole Miss or Baylor, you know, they, that wouldn't even be part of it. They're not even going to talk about, oh, well, the you know, the, the coach leaving affects it because they're like, yeah, school doesn't matter anyway. We wouldn't want them. Notre Dame, you figured they'd be doing anything they can to get that brand in there, even without Kelly. And you know, it's done nothing new for college football, nothing new for Kelly. And, you know, it's, again, you know, the shock of them actually admitting it because, listen, when, when have we ever seen this happen you know, not that it has happened yet, but you've had plenty of other games, bowl games, even bigger bowl games where a coach leaves or a coach is retiring or is fired, you know, because yeah. the season isn't what the, and they have never said, oh, well, you know what? Now we got to take that team out because it's just not, or you have high profile players that just sit out the game because they're getting ready for the NFL draft and it's not worth it to play in a non New Year's six bowl for them. You know, you have this happen all the time, especially the last four or five years. And there has never been a team that they said, well, well, this guy's not going to be there, so we're not going to put them in that bowl game, or we're going to pull them out of the bowl game that we already put them in because of this and put someone else in. But this guy basically admitted, hey, uh, we're going to do this with this team. We're going to screw this team over because their coach hightailed it out, and apparently he's the only reason they win. And I think there is, uh, and there was a lot of conspiracy theorists, uh, Notre Dame fans tonight on social media and Twitter saying that you know the committee – They'll do anything possible to not have Notre Dame in it again, kind of for what you were saying. But a lot of people are tired 
of seeing Notre Dame in. Now, they've absolutely deserved to be in these last couple of years that they have been. Whether you like it or not, they've deserved to be there. Now, did they get whacked by Alabama and Clemson? Yeah, they did. But guess what? Everybody does. Everybody the past five years has lost to those two teams. Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State have been the standard for the last five years in college football. And any team that you've lined up against them, and that includes the Oklahomas and even Georgia when they got it, they lose to them. So, yeah, I get it. Nobody wants Notre Dame in. They always get beat up. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they deserve to be there. And they would, and the same thing would happen to anybody that you would have put in their place. Nobody has beaten Alabama or Clemson these last five years in this thing, Mafia. Nobody. Well, I'll give you the conspiracy that's the reason, right? It's not because, you know, of their playoff failures. It's because of their independence. Let's be honest. This committee is made up of athletic directors and conference commissioners. So where does that money from those bowls go? It goes to the conference, and the conference dishes it out to the schools. Where does that money go if Notre Dame makes it? It's not going to the ACC, who they're part-time members with. It's going to Notre Dame. So all these other schools and these conferences that have been pushing for these non-independents, that they want them to be part of a conference so that everyone else makes money off them like Notre Dame, and they say, nope, we don't need you. They don't want them to make that money because they make it all. They want their cut of it, and it doesn't come if they put Notre Dame in it. But they like the fact that Notre Dame does bring a lot of people there, though. They don't mind that aspect of it. They don't mind because because Notre Dame brings two things. They bring the the fan base that they have, and they bring the people that absolutely hate them because everybody hates them. So you get both sides of the coin when you have Notre Dame in the mix. All right. For On the Bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty here tonight on Sports Grid Radio. We will come back, take another look at what's going on, NBA, college hoops, NHL, a lot to do. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty. We keep rolling on the grid right after this. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. And we are back for On the Bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty right here on Sports Grid Radio. 
and just to, to finish this up with the college football playoff mafia, is the is, do you feel anybody's do any of these teams are going to lose this weekend? Like I think that Michigan will take care of business. I saw some stat either yesterday or today that um, no uh, fa- outright favorite has lost one of these conference championship games in a Power Five in like uh, f- five years or six years or something like that. Like the team that's favored usually wins the football game and moves on. And with Michigan and with Oklahoma State. Georgia, uh, I expect the same. And I think the last out, outright upset was Alabama in like 2009 or something like that. So this is a tough hill for Alabama to climb on Saturday against the uh, the Bulldogs. Yeah, you know, I feel like all the favorites are going to win it in those ones because, uh, you know, in the case of Georgia and Oklahoma State, their defense is just too good for the other team to really get through. Baylor's had some bad losses here this year, some surprising ones. I just don't think that they are a good enough team to to solve that Oklahoma State uh, defense right now. That's been the big thing. You know, when you have a team that's just predicated on offense, you play good defense, they can shut them down, and you know, then you have issues. But both those teams start with defense first. And then they put up points from there, and you know they don't always necessarily need to put up points when you're Georgia and you're, you know, shutting everybody down to 13 or less for most of the season. You barely need to put up any points. So I think that the defense is too good in those games for their uh, opponents to break through because this isn't the same Alabama. This isn't the high flying, uh, you know, high scoring Alabama we've seen at times in a couple previous years. Despite Bryce Young being up for the Heisman, it has been struggling at times, and I think that. Georgia's defense is just too good, even if it was a high-flying offense. They just this isn't going to be a year Alabama solves them. I don't think like they do every other year. And then in the Big Ten, I just think that Michigan is a force that we haven't seen from that team in a long time. And Iowa has had some you know some weak losses at times here. You had the back-to-back Purdue and Wisconsin losses, two teams that aren't even really that good. You know, Purdue is a team that had some nice upsets, but had a lot of bad losses. Wisconsin is a team that. That's a terrible quarterback. They got a good defense, but they have not had a good quarterback with Merch there, and they just smoked them as well. So I don't think that Iowa is a great team either, and definitely not the team to stop Michigan, who just seems to be, you know, on a mission this year to finally get a hardball in that playoff that we've been missing for so so long. Yeah, uh, this is it. He's finally got to this step. He's got one more step to go, and, and it's funny because this is the year where it was like, well, this is his last chance. Uh, you know, we're going to buy him out. Let's get Harbaugh out of Michigan. And sure enough, he cashes in on his quote-unquote last chance. And listen, he was a quarter away from being undefeated. I mean, they melted down in that game against Michigan State uh, at the end of it. Or else maybe they'd be undefeated right now going into this thing. Uh, but I think Michigan Mafia... See, here's the thing with Michigan. I think that they have the type of play at the line of scrimmage that could really give Georgia a game. And on both sides, on their defensive line and their offensive line, being able to block a little bit uh, for, for Hassan and, and, and make some things happen, I think Georgia-Michigan would be a very intriguing game because I want to see Georgia get have to their offense have to do something and have to win them a game because it's been kind of sunshine and rainbows for them all year. The defense has been so dominating that they haven't had to go and win them a football game. And we'll see if Alabama finally gives them an opportunity to do that this week. But I would love to see that Georgia-Michigan matchup just for that, because I think Michigan could actually beat them at the line of scrimmage. 
Yeah, and that's been a key, you know, especially when you play a Georgia team that is such a ferocious front that you have to give your quarterback time. You have to give your running back time to find the holes because, you know, otherwise they just throw it up there and then those secondary players are going to pick it off and they're going to run the other way with it. You know, it's all about the pass rush for them. If you can control that, that is huge. And the running game for Georgia, you know, if they have to get and on the arm of their quarterbacks, if you can't use the running game to create the passing game, I think that's where they struggle. And that's where they're going to have an issue. So I think that the balance of Michigan on the the lines on both sides, and also their offense is more balanced. You have, you know, you talk about Hassan Haskins, but Blake Corbin's you know got almost 900 yards himself. So they have two different you know running backs they can go to who are averaging big yards on every play and tons of touchdowns. And then that takes the pressure off their quarterback. That's been the big thing with Harbaugh. His whole tenure in Michigan is he needs a quarterback. He needs a quarterback. He needs a quarterback. Now, is Cade McNamara the greatest quarterback? No. The guy only had 2,300 yards. But the big thing is that he's not having it on his shoulders. You have the running game doing so much that he's able to play, you know, the, you know, the one that everybody hates, the word you throw out there, caretaker, game manager, whichever phrase you want to use, and keep the turnovers down. He's not going to be the one to carry you to the promised land on his shoulder, but with that running game and that offensive line, you are able to not put that much pressure on him and put him in favorable positions where he doesn't have to turn the ball over. No doubt about it. Uh, Would be a fascinating game if we can get to that point, but Michigan has to finish the job against Iowa this week. Georgia's going to be in no matter what. Uh, They can lose to Alabama. Honestly, I don't even care what the score is. They lose to Alabama. They're still going to make it. What do you got, Mob? Uh, Speaking of college, you're right. Uh That two-and-a-half-point spread was a very, very bad line because Ohio State not only covered it, they won the game. Wow, are you kidding me? I was Ohio State just beat Duke 71-66. And they were down what? I want to go back and see what was the most uh, they were down at the half. Now, at the half, they were down seven or eight, maybe even ten. Let me get up the uh, the box here for Duke and Ohio State. Yeah, they were down the six or seven a lot of the second uh, half. Well, no, they were, down thir- they were down 13 at the half. So it was 43-30 at the end of the first half, Duke-Ohio State. Ohio State outscores them 41-23 to in the second half. I want to see what the lead was. Uh, we checked in on it about the 10-minute mark, and it was a seven-point game, 57-50. Little run here for Ohio State. When did they actually take the lead? Wow. How about that? Took the lead How with a minute and three seconds Ohio left. State. Just a little over a minute. So Duke didn't score. Let me see if I can get this right here. I mean, they, they look like they had... They were on 66 for the last four minutes and 29 seconds. They didn't score a point. Keels made a free throw at 429 to make it 66-59, and they didn't score again. They ran out of gas, Moff. Ran out of gas. It's, you know, great defensive defensive performance by a veteran team. You know, you know when you get into these situations, you got to lock down. You want to come back, you got to play on both ends, and Ohio State did that. Just a very smart, veteran-laden team that comes back and has a big game. You know, Liddell was 14, 20 points from key. You know, the two forwards were the big difference for them as, you know, everyone else kind of has you know, seven, eight, they were chipping in. Uh, Russell off the bench had 12, but the big difference was the big men in Liddell and key down low. You know, three blocks by Liddell as well. 
doing a great job on the defensive end. You have not many steals and not a ton of turnovers for you know Duke. So it was just the the poise on the defensive end and the shooting of Ohio State that comes out in the key situation to put up the points. Great job by them. Give those boys a number next to their name. Come on, give them that respect. Yeah, they're going to get it now after beating number one Duke. Uh, so Duke beats Gonzaga, then loses to Ohio State. The line said Buckeye all day. I mean, it just did. And I was staring at that two and a half all day. I'm going, this just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't. Uh, Buckeyes are going to give them the game tonight. And sure enough, they come back second half, down 13, and they make it happen. Duke doesn't score the last four and a half minutes of the game. And sure enough, they take care of business. NBA now, they're going to the fourth quarter in Phoenix Mafia, 80-78. to 78. The Suns lead the Warriors, minus 2.5 on the live line, 213.5 is the live total. No Booker here for the Suns in the second half, but so far, Mafia, looks like no problem. But as we get to the fourth, it's usually Steph Curry time in the fourth quarter for Golden State. Yeah, we'll see uh, what happens with him. You know, he had eight points early in that game. We're talking about pool lighting it up, and maybe if the, the point total drops for Curry it's, you know, and for Booker, it's something to get involved in, but then Booker goes out. Curry's only scored three points since. He's not having a good shooting night. 3-12 from three, 4-19 from the field. Only 11 points, a minus 13 right now for Steph Curry. Not a number, you know, you rarely see that dash next to his number, let alone double digits here. So not a good game for him. But they're hanging in there. We'll see if he can get it going in the fourth quarter like he you know, does so often. He can, it doesn't matter how he's shooting throughout the game. He's never going to stop shooting. And at some point, that switch has to flip. And you know who says that? Back to the basket, back you down, dunk in your face. Big men aren't uh, relevant in the NBA anymore because your boy Aiton's the one leading the way for the Suns with 16 points right now. Well, somebody's got to carry the mail with Booker being down. Uh, so, listen, you go down low where the Warriors aren't as strong. I mean, that's that's a good spot. If you want to try to go against a weakness, it's down low for the Golden State Warriors. Lakers now up nine on the Kings. So the Kings had a big lead on the Lakers in the first half. They have let that completely slip away. Now the Lakers minus five and a half on the live line. No LeBron tonight. He's in the COVID protocol. Uh, a couple hours before the game, that was announced. We'll see how long he's out for. Uh, bad job by me with the Pistons tonight. Now, they have a quarter to at least try to maybe cover this number, but they're down 18 in Portland against the Blazers, who played in Utah last night. Figured maybe we could catch them here on the second night of a back-to-back. That is not going to happen, Mafia. But maybe the Pistons plus 17 and a half live. Maybe we get ourselves a little run here in the fourth, get some backups in for the Blazers. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, the next game in the back-to-back, you know, for that Lakers team, Anthony Davis, it's showing up with LeBron out. 23 points for him, so you know what that means. He's going to have to sit the next game and be hurt. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every time he plays well, the next only... game he's out hurt. <laughs> There's only so much AD could do. I mean, it, and LeBron, as we mentioned this at the top of the show, he's gotten he's gotten into no rhythm this year because he plays a couple games, out for a week or two with an injury, plays a couple games, out for a week or two with an injury, you just can't get any consistency with LeBron in the lineup, in and out, in and out. Now, they do play the Clippers on Friday night, Mafia. We got a little Clippers-Lakers and then Celtics-Lakers um, next week on Tuesday. So those are the next – they actually don't play a lot of games here in the next week. They play Friday and they play Tuesday. So they have themselves a lighter part of the schedule here with LeBron out. 
And, you know, he just had that big game on Sunday against the Pistons, the, the first game with them after the suspension. Has a big game, and then, oh, he's out. And it's not even injury this time. It's COVID. It's health reasons, but not what you would expect. And, you know, this game on Friday, the last game, uh, Clippers-Lakers at the Staples Center. That's true. Yes. Uh, well, it's been called that until until they finally change the name over. Uh, that's for sure. And as far as hockey goes, I did just see the Ducks get on the board against the Kings at, as you were mentioning, Staples Center. Kings now plus 200 on the money line, down a goal. Ducks have played well this year. I give them a lot of credit. Uh, live total three and a half right now between the Ducks and the Kings. Some good games in hockey tomorrow night, including Crosby versus McDavid in Edmonton tomorrow night. Very spicy indeed. All right, Pharrell on the bench. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty here on Sports Grid Radio. We will come back and we will wrap this puppy up. We keep rolling on the grid right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. And we are back. Phil on the bench. Carver Hyde Mafia in for Scotty here on Sports Grid Radio. He's on vacation all week long. Uh, so Duke, number one Duke, loses at Ohio State 71-66. to Elsewhere, college hoops, big ACC Big Ten Challenge. Syracuse, two overtime over Indiana, 112-110. Minnesota beat Pittsburgh by a, by a point. Purdue whacked Florida State. Wake Forest beat Northwestern in overtime, 77-73. Rutgers beat Clemson by 10, 74-64. NBA, the Blazers now up 90-64 to on the Pistons Mafia. The Lakers now really laying it on, 92-76 in Sacramento. And a good one in the fourth quarter, 82-81. Suns lead the Warriors. Just about nine minutes left to play there, Moff. We do have a game 1-1 as the Kings, who were plus 200. Kings and Ducks, all dotted up. They score... During the break, uh, so there you go. You got to have fast fingers. Get in on it quick. Kings of the home team could have got them live plus 200. Now they even it up. All right, Mafia, I will see you tomorrow. We've got Coast to Coast, of course, at 4 o'clock. We'll be back on the bench at 10 p.m. East. 
Carver High, Mafia, in for Scotty, Sports Grid Radio. Tomorrow, we have more NBA, more NHL, more college troops. So a lot more of the same tomorrow night. Mafia, great stuff. I will see you then. Have a good night, everybody. Cash some tickets. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.